Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Hey everyone, welcome back to Building the Buckeyes, a brand new podcast here on Buckeyes Now and Sports Illustrated that focuses exclusively on the latest news from the Ohio State football recruiting trail. I'm your host, Andrew Lind, and in this week's episode, I'll be talking about one of the Buckeyes' current commitments, as well as the status of several of the staff's top targets from the class of 2022 and 2023. Up first, I want to discuss Ohio State four-star wide receiver commit Kojo Antwi, who attended Georgia's win over South Carolina on Saturday afternoon. And while the Bulldogs would love to flip him from his pledge, I don't think the Buckeyes have anything to worry about in this situation. Of course, Antwi lives in Georgia, about an hour west of Athens, but I'm told that Saturday's unofficial visit was more a matter of convenience than anything else. After all, it was actually Texas A&M that was viewed as the biggest threat in his recruitment when he committed to Ohio State in early July. Another thing working against Georgia is that it already has three commitments at the wide receiver position, meaning Antwi would be one of four players there or with the Buckeyes who have him, Caleb Burton, Caleb Brown, and Keon Grays in the fold. Now, if Antwi goes back for another game before he makes his way to Columbus for a visit, then I think there's something to discuss, but otherwise, it's probably best not to spend too much time on this subject. Moving on, I briefly mentioned in last week's podcast how USC had just fired head coach Clay Helton minutes before I started recording. I didn't really have the opportunity to do a deep dive on how that impacts Ohio State, so I wanted to do that now. Of course, any time a coach at a big-time program is let go, it sends shockwaves across the college football recruiting landscape. And while the Trojans are really only a shell of their former selves at the moment, the program still goes head-to-head with Ohio State for a number of top recruits. Two of the more notable names include Georgia four-star defensive tackle Kristen Miller and Las Vegas four-star safety Zion Branch. Now, I touched on Miller in last week's podcast, but his official visit to Ohio State for the Oregon game, coupled with USC's decision to fire Helton, has effectively removed the Trojans from consideration. Now he's down to the Buckeyes and the home state Bulldogs with his eye on making his college decision at the All-American Bowl in January. The race to land branch, meanwhile, has long been viewed as one between Ohio State and USC, and it will be interesting to see how both schools handle any potential turnover in the defensive coaching staffs. The Trojans, for example, promoted defensive backs coach and passing game coordinator Dante Williams to interim head coach following Helton's firing. So, will the new head coach retain him or risk on losing out on Branch by letting him go? That's certainly something they'll have to consider moving forward. On the other hand, it would be foolish to not acknowledge the fact that Ohio State effectively demoted defensive coordinator Kerry Combs this week. Now, Matt Barnes is Branch's primary recruiter as Ohio State's secondary coach, and it's worth noting that he was the one who called the plays against Tulsa. But all that said, the fact that Ohio State is going through something defensively as well could be enough for Branch to take a step back and look at other schools as the Buckeyes and Trojans both try to figure things out. That whole situation could have a lasting impact with Branch's younger brother, too, 2023 four-star wide receiver Zechariah Branch. They've talked at length about playing together in college, and while this isn't always a guaranteed thing to happen, it would certainly help to land Zion first and foremost. Of course, Zechariah has well over a year to make his college decision, and that gives USC plenty of time to hire a coach and get things back on track. 
but the Buckeyes and wide receivers coach Brian Hartline should still be trying to take advantage of the uncertainty surrounding that program in the meantime. Now, I want to circle back to Kristen Miller for a little bit because I get the sense that his recruitment is tied directly to that of Ohio State's pursuit of four-star defensive tackle Chris McClellan out of Oklahoma. If you look back to June, Miller was trending toward USC following his official visit to Los Angeles, and about a week later, Ohio State welcomed McClellan to campus for his official visit. Defensive line coach Larry Johnson then pushed hard for McClellan's commitment, notably telling him that he wanted him to be the first player to commit along the defensive line, a unit where the Buckeyes are still looking for their first pledge. However, he went home, let some people around him talk him out of making a quick decision, which allowed the home state Sooners to make a significant push in his recruitment. Now it seems like it's only a matter of time before he pulls the trigger on that. So with McClellan seemingly slipping away, the Buckeyes have kind of turned up the heat again on Miller, and rightfully so. He's not only a great player on the field, but a really cool kid off it. You may recall his quote comparing Johnson to a Lamborghini or even how he responded when asked if all of the cameras on him during the workout at a one-day camp in June scared him away. What was it like today kind of doing a one-on-one -on -one workout and having all of us there watching, having all these campers around? I'm a superstar, so I was, <laughs> <laughs> I'm a superstar, so the camera's supposed to be around me. That's how it's supposed to be. You like it better when there's people watching. I, I love it better when people watching me. I'm an actor, so you love that type of stuff. Yeah, I mean, I noticed that, but you kind of have this kind of acting vibe going on. Like, is that something that you think about as, like, a future for you, is that uh, you could be an actor? Of course, and that's that's why I love being in Columbus, because we're in the city. And uh, a whole bunch of people, a whole bunch of, my bad, a whole bunch of uh, fortune uh, CEO companies, people that's own companies, big people coming around here every day, literally. Real Life Wednesdays, Antoine Sunday, everybody, he preaching to me. Um, I feel like if I was to go here... Uh, somebody that worked at Universal Studios walked through here. They say, "Oh, Chris, you want you to intern?" You got to tell me twice a morning, ASAP. <laughs> so, so, so I'm betting you're a guy who's really excited about name, image, and likeness coming to college I'm, sports. I'm very excited. I'm, not, I'm trying to build my brand right now. Why wait? Why wait? Do they talk to you guys about that type of stuff? Oh, they, they, and, and the thing I love about them is they don't press it on you. They don't press it on. You. They, they tell you about it, but it's kind of like they tell you about it. So now, okay, I need to soak it in. They ain't gonna keep just poking me, poking me, poking me. They just tell me about it. And they, they hope that they soak sand with me, but trust me, it soaks sand because I want it bad. What was it that made you want to come up here today, knowing that you are coming back in a few weeks? What made you want to come up here today? I just want to show Ohio State I'm serious. Uh, I learned in life that uh, don't talk about it, be about it. So I want to show them that I was about it. You know, I made that point. Was there a significance to you in coming up here before anyone else, anywhere else? Um, it was. It was because uh, I didn't really see no D-Tackle pro here while I was here, so I want to Yeah, I mean, there's not really how many linemen committed in this class right now for Ohio State. Is that something that you look at and, like, that's an opportunity for me? Because Coach Jay don't do the most, even though it's kind of like, and I'm going to put it like this, right? Lamborghinis, they don't have commercials because we all know what they do. Hondas, they're going to have commercials. Kids going to have commercials because they need to compete with each other. Lamborghinis don't need to compete. Coach Jay don't need to compete with so you see what you why is this your mindset? Like, who's teaching you these things? Growing up, I'm around older people, so I get that mentality, man. Mentality just so okay with How affirming is it for you when you know, someone like Larry Johnson is taking the time out, but he wants to work with you one-on-one -on -one that he really wants to see what you're all about? Say it again. Like, how affirming, how confidence-boosting is it when someone like Larry Johnson wants to take the time to do a one-on-one -on -one It's humbling. It, it's humbling, really, because... Um, out of all the tablets in the world, he chooses to uh, spend his time with me today, so uh, that's a blessing. That's a, that's a blessing. 
That said, I think Miller has both the talent and the charisma to be a star in Columbus, and I think that Ohio State has really put itself in a position to pull him away from Georgia. Of course, the Buckeyes are aiming to take three total players at that position, and putting Miller in a class with the likes of Indiana four-star Caden Curry and California four-star Hero Canoe would make quite the interior haul for Johnson. Similarly, there are a lot of moving pieces along the offensive line for Ohio State, which already holds commitments from Lakota West four-star Tagra Shibola and Colorado four-star George Fitzpatrick. Buckeyes are hoping to land at least one more player in the trenches, but that could easily swell to two or three more if it's the right two or three players. Who that ends up being remains to be seen, but it's worth noting that there's one more name to add to the list of possibilities. For months, we've discussed California four-star offensive guard Ernest Green, Texas four-star offensive tackle Cam Dewberry, and Huber Heights Wayne four-star offensive tackle Emil Wagner as the only realistic options left. But according to a report from Letterman Rowe, Ohio State will welcome Indiana four-star offensive tackle Keonta Goodwin to campus for an official visit this fall. And honestly, that's a game changer. The Buckeyes were thought to be done with their pursuit of the 6'7 and 300 plus pounder once he committed to Kentucky in April, and rightfully so. It was a really odd situation since he was so close to being able to take visits once again after more than a year of the dead period, but Wildcats assistant Vince Morrow was in his ear about making a decision earlier than that, and he decided to jump on board. Now, for whatever reason, Godwin has determined that he's going to take his official visits that fall, and that's certainly worth monitoring for Ohio State as it looks to fill out its offensive line haul. Now, that doesn't guarantee the Buckeyes flip Goodwin, especially with Alabama and Michigan State trying to as well. He also has a great relationship with Kentucky staff and several players, including wide receiver Wandale Robinson, so there's a good chance that he sticks with his pledge. However, if Dewberry continues to trend toward Oklahoma and Green doesn't reschedule his official visit after having to cancel his trip to Columbus for the Oregon game at the last minute, perhaps the staff turns up the heat on Goodwin. Shifting gears, Ohio State's defense has struggled through the first few games of the season, and I can't help but think how much this year's Buckeyes could have used linebacker commit C.J. Hicks and Gabe Powers. Those two guys are both instinctual players who aren't hesitant to put their nose on a guy and make a play, and I think Ohio State's defense will see a tremendous improvement once they arrive on campus. In fact, the more I talk about it, a lineup featuring those two plus freshman Reed Carrico will be pretty scary in a couple of years. Now it's too bad we have to wait and see it. Along those lines, I've been having similar thoughts about former commit Desan McCullough, who flipped to Indiana back in April. If it weren't for his dad taking the running back's job with the Hoosiers, it's likely McCullough would still be committed. I also don't think it's any coincidence that the Buckeyes' 2022 recruiting class hasn't been the same since. Now, I know Quinn Ewer's reclassification was a big reason why the class dropped from number one in the country on everyone's board to about fourth or fifth, but the momentum really began to stall with McCullough's decision. Now, that's not to say there hasn't been any success since, because there has been. Ryan Turner, Kai Stokes, Terrence Brooks, Dallin Hayden, Caleb Brown, Kojo Antwi, and George Fitzpatrick have all committed since. But all of the talk about being one of the greatest classes ever really stopped around April. It's truly a testament to the type of player that McCullough is, and I think he would have been a dynamic weapon for the Buckeyes if they were able to keep him in the fold. Alas, he's not, and I wonder if he's someone who we're going to be talking about in a few years as someone who got away who could have really helped this defense. Now, I want to wrap up by talking about a quarterback who Ohio State has not yet offered, but it's pretty notable because of who his grandfather and uncles are. That, of course, is 2023 New Orleans five-star quarterback Arch Manning, the grandson of Archie and the nephew of Peyton and Eli Manning. I was asked by somebody during last night's Monday Night Football game between the Detroit Lions and the Green Bay Packers which featured Peyton and Eli as analysts, 
if Ohio State has a chance with the youngest Manning. I wanted to immediately say no, given his family ties to Ole Miss, Tennessee, and the South as a whole. But then I got to thinking about how the Buckeyes brand is more national than ever. Did I think they would pull C.J. Stroud out of California as he started blowing up on the recruiting trail? No. What about Quinn Ewers when he was committed to Texas? Not a chance. The same goes for a number of players at other positions who came from unusual recruiting territories. So why be so quick to dismiss any potential interest Manning might have in Ohio State and vice versa? Now, the biggest thing working against the Buckeyes isn't his family ties. After all, Tennessee and Ole Miss aren't exactly top-tier programs, and he's far more likely to choose Alabama or Clemson if he wants to stay in the South. It's actually the depth at the quarterback position. In fact, a quick look at the roster shows four signal callers who could start it almost anywhere in the country. So why would Manning willingly put himself in that situation? The key will be to watch any potential turnover after the season. If Ohio State has any attrition this offseason, perhaps a path to playing time would become more clear for Manning. And if head coach Ryan Day continues to develop elite quarterbacks, that could make the Buckeyes an enticing option. That said, until Manning makes a trip to Columbus or Dan quarterbacks coach Corey Dennis hit the road to evaluate him, there's really no point in speculating. Not to mention, the Buckeyes still have to address the position in 2022 first, and whether or not they can flip Drew Aller from Penn State will play a role in Manning's recruitment too. Now, speaking of Aller, he was in Happy Valley for the Nittany Lions' exciting win over Auburn on Saturday night. And let me get this out of the way, but that atmosphere is one of, if not the best in all of college football. Now, I know Ohio State fans don't want to hear this, but Penn State really could not have put on a better show or rolled out the red, I guess I should say white carpet, in better fashion. Not to mention, Penn State offense coordinator Mike Yershich, who you may remember from his one season with the Buckeyes in 2019, called a pretty good game. And another Ohio native, quarterback Sean Clifford, played really well for the Nittany Lions as well. That doesn't exactly make it easy for Ohio State to flip Aller from his pledge, but that doesn't mean that they aren't trying. I've been told that credentials will be waiting for Day and Dennis at Aller's game on Friday night when Medina hosts Euclid, though perhaps they wait until next week and go see how Aller handles the road game at Mentor. All that said, it's worth mentioning that Penn State head coach James Franklin is viewed as one of the leading candidates to take the USC head coaching job. It's been that way for years, but he didn't exactly shut down that speculation this time around. If he were to ultimately leave for USC, there's no doubt Ohio State would pounce on Aller. He could, of course, decide to follow Franklin to Los Angeles, but it's probably best to avoid any speculation on that until a decision is made one way or the other. That said, it's certainly something to pay attention to after the season and around the early signing period in December. So if the Buckeyes aren't able to flip him during the season, perhaps trying to get Aller to hold off until National Signing Day in February would be in their best interest. With that said, I want to thank you for tuning into the latest episode of Building the Buckeyes. I'm going to try something a little different next week as I'll sit down with SIL American Director of Recruiting John Garcia for an in-depth look at some of the biggest stories in college football recruiting. John is a good friend and one of the best in the business, and I can't wait to pick his brain about so many different topics. I also plan to solicit some questions for John via social media this week, so make sure to follow me on Twitter at, at Andrew M. Lind to get involved. I hope you'll come back next week for that show, and until next time, I'm your host, Andrew Lind. Have a great day.